Welcome to the podcast of tomorrow, a future Emma podcast where today we are discussing season three, episode 12, Insane in the Mainframe. I am Lindsay Wilson, joined as always by Alex Gans. Alex, how's it going? Hello, our annual Thanksgiving podcast where nothing is related to Thanksgiving, but yes, and Lindsay does not even celebrate this holiday, <laughs> but uh, I guess I'm co-opting it of I'm American. This is our Thanksgiving podcast. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, people have asked me all week at work. They've been like, wait, are you off on, on Thursday? Because I work at a semi-international company. So some people are from the States and no one can remember if I, a Canadian, need the day off. So I think yeah. I should have just said yes. <laughs> yeah, like I'm out of here. <laughs> yes, indeed. Alex, how was your week? Week was largely good. We went to, we live very close to the Barclays Center, which is the arena that the Brooklyn Nets play at. And me and Laura realized that we never... Neither of us had like ever been in there. And so we, again, used our like $5 ticket service, the one that mm -hmm. would potentially allow us to see a magician every day for a month and make a podcast Indeed. about it. And make a podcast, uh, yes. We used that to, we, we found $5 tickets to a two-round college basketball tournament that, you know, so it's like March Madness, but extremely small scale that like nobody went to. There was maybe like 200 people in the crowd and just watch some random college basketball teams. And that was a bizarre experience. Yeah, that sounds like a bizarre experience. Did you have like a rooting interest or you were just like, eh? There was one of the teams was from St. Belvedere, St. St. Belvedere, uh, that doesn't sound real. <laughs> uh, let me, St. feel like Bellevue or Belvedere both would sound real, but Belvedere <laughs> does not. <laughs> God, let me look up. Why does why is this not showing up on just look this up uh, this morning? Because so we went to the we went to the we saw one game out of these three, three possible games. And it was Oklahoma State University versus St. Something or other, mm -hmm. which was a tiny college in New York. And so that was definitely the home crowd favorite where people had clearly, you know, driven 90 minutes or however far away it is to come to the game. So we were rooting for that team and it was very good. It was like a buzzer beater finish. It was it was yeah. a very close game. So. Good. Do you enjoy watching basketball? Yeah, it was good. I growing up, me and my me and my dad would go to Denver Nuggets games pretty often. So good. When was the last basketball game that you went to? Surely uh, you've been to one in your life. I've been to high school basketball games. I have mm -hmm. never been to a real basketball game. And... Did you go to a single sporting event in Vancouver when you lived there? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> of course not. No. I did go. I was invited a couple times to go see the Vancouver Canadians, which I believe is like the farm team for the Blue Jays, possibly. Okay. So I was invited baseball. to go to that, but I didn't end up going at any point. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'll go at some point. I just kept putting it off and then moved kind of abruptly. Um, yeah. <laughs> in, in Ottawa, I went to see the Ottawa something or others, 67s possibly. Yeah. I don't know if that's a okay. team. I don't know. It's fine. Not one that I Anyways, know. <laughs> and I went to one NHL game when I was in Ottawa, which was a Senators versus the Lightning game. Okay. Very yeah. exciting. Yes, indeed. But no, no basketball. And like the Raptors tickets are like astonishingly yeah. expensive and they're always yeah. like being scalped. It's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, not a big sports guy. I thought, oh, maybe I should become a sports guy because like, you know, that, it was very fun to go to that game. I've been very into the Welcome to Wrexham, the Ryan Reynolds real life Ted Lasso yes. show. And I thought like, oh, maybe there's like a Wrexham bar in New York that I can go like watch a game at and share in the com community of sports. So maybe this will be a, a sport. Uh, 
Yeah, maybe this will be a turn in 2024. Alex <laughs> is into sports. Yes, there you go. Perfect. Alex, we <laughs> to give everyone a peek behind the curtain, I am quietly sipping tea as we record this because we had to delay by 15 minutes because I had the hiccups because I am a child. <laughs> yes, Lindsay is prone to long hiccups, long hiccup syndrome. I like I truly have not heard of anyone else experiencing this. Please write in if you have this happen to you or every time I get the hiccups, they last for at least 30 minutes, sometimes more. I one time had them last for over two hours and I thought I was yeah. going to die. So very much the uh, the character in The Simpsons where they yes. interview the the man who has been hiccuping for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like truly, I have never felt more one with that Simpsons character because I was like, oh, I see why this person is like, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is the worst. This is the yeah. It's horrible. It's so annoying and so painful after a while. When we got off our cruise, Laura was like land sick for like three days. And it was kind of like a similar feeling of like, oh, I feel like a little bit woozy and and sick and uh, disoriented and just like, is this my life now? Is this like what what I'm going to have to endure for, uh, for the rest of my life? Yeah, I've never heard of that. You mentioned it when you first got back from the cruise. It makes sense to me that you have to kind of like readapt, I guess. I guess it's probably the same, just like reverse seasickness, just like your body is readjusting to whatever your crystals are doing in your ears. Yeah, your crystals. Hate them. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting, interesting. All right, well, what did we think of Insane in the Mainframe? It's hard not to Um, say like Insane in the Mainframe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I think it's interesting watching a couple of season three episodes back to back now after having just seen season eight slash 11, where like all of these, I think, are super solid funny jokes, focused and sensible, not making timely references every single second. I like I think it's like kind of bringing down my opinion of the most recent season after seeing or after going back and watching some more season season three stuff where, yeah, I, th- I thought it was I thought it was really good. I thought it was super solid. What, what did you mm-hmm. think? Yeah, this is an episode that I historically have skipped because Roberto really freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't like the stabbing. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, hate that. Um, and I think I mentioned that when we talked about Roberto in the stupid Wild West episode of season eight slash eleven. But this was like Jeremy has always spoken fondly of this episode. There are definitely some very funny lines in this episode, and I liked it better this time around. Like I think I had maybe hyped it up in my head as being a scarier episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Roberto um, is yeah. scary and he just does come he comes out of nowhere like this is his mm-hmm. first uh introduction in the series and that that kind of gives me a little bit of understanding or a little bit of grace I guess in how the West was one where he just shows mm-hmm. up out of nowhere where it's like okay well he was introduced out of nowhere yeah. yeah I think there's something about Fry's reaction to him that I find very unsettling I think because he's so afraid I think it's played very viscerally in terms of the yeah. voice acting and how he's drawn and I think there's just something about, I don't know, I guess they do a really good job of conveying how scared he is because I feel it like, like oh God, this is scary. Like being stuck in a room with this person who's practicing a stabbing does seem. Yeah the, yeah, the the one where they're in their little like compartment and Fry is like sickly and has a beard growing. One very one of the very few moments in rewatching all of Futurama that I've written down, like, oh, the animation here is really good. Like the lighting mm-hmm. is very intense in there. Yep. Yeah, like noteworthy in terms of yeah conveying how intense it is so I, I definitely feel that yeah all right so let's get into it i think maybe we should spend a minute on the opening caption which i think has become <laughs> much more relevant than they probably thought at the time bender's humor by microsoft joke feels basically the same as chat gpt <laughs> <laughs> right uh, just productizing mm-hmm. uh, script writing <laughs> 
Yeah. And I think just like even, you know, this is to put this in a time and place, the week of all the drama at OpenAI. Of, yes. <laughs> yes. And obviously the writer strike ending not that long ago, thinking about having chat GPT and similar things writing comedy. So I think very relevant in this particular time. I couldn't be less interested in the chat GPT OpenAI drama where like, uh, I would scroll through TikTok and I'd be like, oh, like three <laughs> events happened this weekend that are all going to be in movies. And it's like, not a good movie. You <laughs> couldn't make me care about this at all. Yeah. I mean, so, <laughs> like I could see like Social Network is the the peak of all of these like tech based movies. Uh, and that movie, I, I think, is very good. But it's like, my God, I like truly don't care. Maybe this means that I'm in the <laughs> wrong industry, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, also don't care. Also felt like it was very like, you know, one day the New York Times is being like, oh my God, he's out. And the next day they're like, he's trying to come back. I'm like next day, it's yeah. like, oh, he got hired at Microsoft. Like, never mind. The whole thing is over and we're back to where we were before. <laughs> yeah. Do you think any of these shows that have released, you know, close to the writer strike around the writer strike or movies for that matter, do you think any of them like legitimately were written by AI or like initial scripts written by AI and then human tweaked? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're, I almost feel like it didn't go on long enough for us to get like a full product that could have been AI generated. Yeah. So I don't know, but maybe like initial drafts or whatever. I saw some discourse about the Marvels being suspiciously AI sounding. There's probably some um, misogyny in that. I was going like, to say, people are gonna... women sound like robots. <laughs> right. Of, or just like hatred for this movie is like the, the starting point for a lot of people. But and I I didn't see it, so I don't know. But that's that's the first time that I've kind of seen discord, uh, discourse about like, no, this was like probably a little bit AI written. <laughs> right. Yeah. Who knows, really? Yeah, yeah, I think we decided that the that Futurama, whatever, Prince and the product episode felt oh, like sure. it could have been AI generated. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Them. All right, so boop corner, Alex. Boop, there it is. Yes, kind of a, a scary boop corner here. A cowboy points some guns at his own head and then presumably like ducks as he's shooting, but it looks like he, you know, like blows off his own head. Right. Another tie in in terms of the Roberto of it all. This is called sure. the Mild West. It's, yeah, so by Fleischer and Famous Studios from 1947. And we've talked about Fleischer quite a bit. Famous Studios, the first animation division of Paramount Pictures. Interesting. The Mild West is apparently a a band has, you know, grabbed the SEO away from away from those studios. So, yeah, you um, can watch the entire thing on YouTube. I see here. Yeah. 5.6 out of 10, although this seems to be a live action. Yeah, this is a different <laughs> Mild West from 1933. Yeah, this one has a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, a series of gags and jokes that lead into a sing-along of I'm an old cow hand. I'm like, I'm like three degrees of separation away from this, away from Boop Corner at this point. I'm looking at the <laughs> IMDb page of the live action, The Mild West from 1933. And the IMDb user that has written the storyline also added their email. Like they, they like signed the storyline of like, oh, this was written by David and here's my email. Oh my um, God. Yeah. Send your feedback to David. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. This episode also is one that one of the ones that opens with an ad. So we also get an ad for Thompson's teeth, the only teeth strong enough to eat other teeth. Yes. Horrifying crunches. Horrible. Teeth on teeth. Yuck. Yuck. I hate it. Yes. I, I was thinking perhaps Jeremy will send us in. We can, he can add this to his ad rotation. <laughs> yes, exactly. Remember, Jeremy, you cannot send it via Facebook Messenger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we open up. It is Dr. Zoidberg's 10th anniversary at the company and huzzahs are in order and everyone's just like, huzzah. Like they don't give a shit. Nobody cares. Very relatable. 
<laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, I was given the opportunity to put in my start date in a company, like, let us celebrate your work anniversary thing. And I was just like, I don't uh, care. I just didn't even I decline. Bother. Yeah. Yeah. You can be mentioned in the newsletter. But sometimes they, they, if you work at a fancy enough place or a obnoxious tech enough place, then they will give you, you know, various bonuses and prizes of a pizza party level quality upon <laughs> your upon your anniversaries uh-huh. did you watch severance alex i did watch severance i loved it yeah the waffle party <laughs> yeah actually part of this scene made me think of severance of what was it yeah the, yeah the the gifts that they're given zoidberg gets like coupons so that made me think of the the lame the lame rewards and severance Yes, exactly. What an incredible show, honestly. I'm very um, sad that apparently there's like massive drama with the creators of that show. And yes. it is like seemingly taking a very long time to get a second season out there. Yes, agreed. At least like next year at the minimum. That's but, awful. What yeah, a good show. Yeah. So good. Yes, but so Hermes has his minimum obligations manual. He's reading the mandatory speech, which is like, has it really <laughs> been five, 10 or 15 years? <laughs> yeah the coupons are for some oil changes and he's like oh now if only i could afford a car yeah my uh, i mean what a like uh boomer slash silent generation thing to work at a company for 15 years but my dad worked at the same school for many many years and they gave uh the like big reward for that was a like nice chair at 10 15 years but Again, what a weird thing. Here's a chair. Such a weird thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think when my mom retired, she also taught at the same school for like 30 years. And I think when she retired, they gave her like a big porch swing. Okay. Yeah. Lots of furniture being given out. Yes. Yes. Like clearly people are just making these things. Um, All right. Listeners are going to have to pitch in for like a beanbag chair when we hit 100 episodes. <laughs> yes. Agreed. <laughs> we must be closing in on five years. I don't know. Four. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So... Let's see. They also say that he's committed. He's added zero dollars into his pension. <laughs> he hasn't paid yeah. into it, and Fry and that makes Fry sort of spiral out of control. Yes, Zoidberg says like, "Oh, you've been keeping track all of these years." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and Fry's like, "Oh my god, I haven't paid into it either. What am I going to do when I retire?" And then Bender's yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm also not planning. I'm just going to like switch my off on off switch <laughs> to the off position or whatever." Yeah, what a good plan. Um, and so Fry is going to check on his retirement fund. He just says $100 in a sock. And he's like, all right, I'm going to invest wisely. And then it just like cuts to him at the track. This must have been the first time we've seen money in the show because it's very Harry Potter. The like portraits on the money speak. I know we've seen Nixon on money, but I don't know if we've gotten there yet. So maybe it's maybe we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Yeah. I said he was at the track, but in fact, he went to he bought lottery tickets instead. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it's like. Yeah, scratch and sniff lottery of uh, mm-hmm. cherry, cherry, mule, crud. Mule, yeah. <laughs> right, the unmistakable stench of mule. Yeah. Yeah, so then he's only got $6 left and he's like, all right, I guess I'm going to like put this in the bank. Goes to the bank and the clerk says, I'm sure a wealthy mule farmer such as yourself <laughs> knows that we have a $10 monthly fee. And so well, he creates this account and is already overdrawn by $4. Yeah, it's very funny. I love that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where we meet Roberto, who I said in the Wild West episode that I've always been afraid of. <laughs> He's immediately here and has a very angry energy. <laughs> yes, robbing the bank. This made me think of, uh, I talked about my letterbox last year, mm-hmm. the my lowest rated movie of, I think it was this year, maybe it was last year, was Searching, which was a John Boyega pandemic movie. You didn't Not like Searching, this sorry. Sorry, not Searching. Shoot, let me let me look it up. I, I like searching. Is that a hot take? 
No, I, I hear lots of people like searching. This is Breaking, which is okay. a John Boyega robs a bank based on a true true story movie. And it's like the most pandemic movie ever where it's like, right. we're going to have three people in one set the entire movie. Like, <laughs> there can be distance for most of that. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Didn't see that one. Did see searching. Yeah. Liked it a lot. Saw it. Yeah. Saw it. That was one of the movies I saw with my like movie pass equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. I should see that. I haven't seen it. I think there's, I think there's kind of a sequel of, um, yeah. Another like Apple product social movie. media. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Roberto seemingly knows Bender. They don't really get into how they know each other, but they go way back and Roberto's like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing too bad. And then he's like, oh, my God, this is a stick up. And Bender's just like, whatever. And just kind of like keeps chatting with him. He's like, yeah, I'm good, too. Like taking a cooking class, whatever. <laughs> and Roberto gets him to basically abet in this robbery by carrying bags of money for him. Yeah, just hands him bags of money. And Roberto flees the scene of the crime and kind of leaves Fry and Bender standing there with the, the bags of money. Yes, Fry very, very scared, and he gets Fry to hold the door for him, and this will later <laughs> be used to show that he was also, like, an accessory to the crime. Sure. Yes, Nixon is on a bill here, one of the dollar bills or whatever, I think it's a thousand dollars or something. Thousand, yeah. And when the police arrive, it's like, shoot him in the back while they're not looking. Like, Nixon, very <laughs> underhanded. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I was so fixated on the on the money talking, but it was so strange to me. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't even register it because I think I assumed we had seen it before, but yeah. maybe this is the first time. Another appearance of the rooster prosecutor guy. <laughs> I I love it. It's yeah, they're at the court, the courthouse, which is original Ray's superior court. It's very funny. I love all of these courtroom scenes with different judges and the rooster <laughs> attorney. Uh, all yes. very good. Yes, he he is like, I think just watching these so close together, it's like, my God, I didn't realize how <laughs> frequently this rooster is here. But yes, the Honorable Judge Whitey is presiding. He is a very, very privileged white man who is like, my caddy chauffeur informs me that a bank <laughs> is a place where people put money that isn't properly invested. Yeah. How do you like this guy compared to the I'll allow it judge? I like the I'll allow it judge more. <laughs> yeah. But I do like that there's a multitude of judges where we get a couple yes. of different different takes. I'm going to allow this. Yeah. Um, yes. So the surveillance camera is like on the witness stand. She's like, <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember exactly. But it was exactly like this. And just plays the footage of Fry and Bender holding bags of cash that Roberto gave them. And so mm -hmm. basically they're immediately found guilty because the scene is very damning. Although also I would argue the security camera showed a very small fraction of the footage. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I love that the rooster uh, says, Your Honor, I moved to be disbarred, like on, on grounds of uh, presenting this witness that destroyed my case. Yes, exactly. And uh, the judge asks, Mr. Fry, do you recognize the robot hugging you in this video? And he says, I sure do. This is the real robber and I'll never forget his name. And his name is, and then he sees Roberto out in the like crowd of spectators in the courtroom. And he is holding up a knife, I think, to, to Fry. Yes, intimidating him not to testify. Yes, he has a little beard on. <laughs> Quite a disguise. Roberto calls him through the judge's phone to be like, I'm going to like grind up your organs or whatever. And he says he's refusing to testify on the grounds that my organs will be chopped up into a patty. And they're like, oh, yes, the 67th Amendment. I think I brought this up earlier on the podcast, but this reminds me of the time when Laura was like, Alex, did you watch Judge Steve Harvey on our Hulu account? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I had to say yes, because an old Lost podcaster was, was on an episode. 
Incredible. <laughs> so good. Famously covered over on the Hit or Quit podcast. Oh, wow. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, they really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so the rooster lawyer recommends that they plead insanity. And like, on what grounds can you like what evidence evidence do you have that they're insane and the lawyer's like they hired me and they're like yeah okay insanity plea is accepted the judge also says that there's some law about how being poor is a mental illness which continues to flesh out this character as being a very rich privileged man (laughs) yes yes because they are both sentenced to bender is sentenced to an asylum for criminally insane robots and fry is sentenced to a home for criminally insane humans but the bailiff is like sir like that facility has been full since poor being poor was named a mental illness and it's like (laughs) oh cool just like send both of them to the robot facility then yeah brutal Mm mm-hmm so they both get bubble wrapped and stamped with a thing that says defective electronics and are <laughs> carried off to the Howe Institute for Criminally Insane Robots. Yes, put in a box and kind of tumbled head over heels mm-hmm. down the aisle. Yeah, this is going to go on for basically the next several minutes where it's just like Fry being treated like a robot. And obviously this is very painful because he, it's like having stuff stuck into him and he's being like tossed around and like yeah fry's excited that he thinks he's going to get out of this when they inspect his fragile naked pink body but Mm -hmm. they just like rip off all his clothes and do the normal thing of i I, my favorite one was the gamma ray scan kind of like boils fry's stomach yes yeah one thing i noted as like i hope someone got fired for that blunder and but i also noticed it's neither on the wikipedia nor the futurama wiki all right Bender gets lifted up with a magnet at one point and does not start singing folk songs. Okay, and is what is that in reference to? So I think it's like episode two when they go to the moon. He's like, oh, you have to keep magnets away from me because <laughs> otherwise I sing folk songs. Okay, wow, yeah. Lindsay, look at you adding to the Futurama Discord. You could, or discourse, so you could go edit the, the Wikipedia right now. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> But I could. I, I don't have a login, but maybe we have a, our old yeah. one. Yeah. All right. So Fry ends up seeing Dr. Perceptron, the Freudian circuitry <laughs> analysis guy. And Fry is like trying to convince him that he is a human. And he's like, I'm squishy and flabby and I complain a lot. And they're like, yes, you do. But consider that you were admitted to a robot asylum. Therefore, you must be a robot. Yes. They're using shock therapy, which um, I think by, you know, the... 2003 or whenever this episode is out i think that shock therapy is well out of mm-hmm. public discourse but they kind of turn it on its head where it's like oh it's actually good for robots because it's just kind mm-hmm. of like giving them a little electric charge but made yeah. me think about how that early simpsons episode they legitimately <laughs> used shock therapy when they were all shocking each other my father found that to be like the funniest thing he'd ever seen on television was on like the whole family <laughs> is hitting the buttons so good that's very funny bender seems to like the shocking he's like you get free shocks whenever you want so it's so fun to see what your parents really key key into. My dad loves Hitch. My dad, sure. when Hitch is, is being shown on ABC Family over the holidays or whatever, mm-hmm. he'll just, he'll do the thing where he's like walking past the TV and just like be sucked in and just like stand by the TV for 30 minutes. <laughs> Mine really um, likes the family stone. Okay, interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Fry ends up roommates with Malfunctioning Eddie, who we saw back in the Head on My Shoulders <laughs> episode, the famous episode that I think started our relationship with the Futurama wiki. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I love I love he says, I guess his prices really were insane. Yes. Yes. And they're just in like a tiny closet, just like Fry and Bender's original apartment. And 
he's like, pleased to meet you. And then he just, I think Fry says like, oh, we've already met before. He's like, what? And just explodes. So. Yeah. Whenever he gets excited, he explodes. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, your wig robot is back. I, I noticed that. Yeah, I said that the thumbnail for Luck of the Friarish was this weird wig robot that kind of like comes out of nowhere and is only in one scene and turns out he's in the the asylum now. Yeah, I don't think I would have clocked this if you hadn't like mentioned <laughs> my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, very funny. Fry looks terrible and I really find it very funny when he's like, my roommate exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we get the intro to Nurse Ratchet here, of course, from mm-hmm. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Have you have you read slash seen that? Yes, I have read the book, and I don't think I've seen the movie. Maybe I've seen the movie. I think I've seen parts of I, the movie, but not the whole thing. I've definitely read the book. I think I, yeah, I, I read and have seen the movie. I think that was during my like high school. Oh, I gotta I gotta watch mm-hmm. slash read the classics pretension phase. Yeah, I think we read like a portion of it maybe for like an English class or something and then I was like oh let me read the whole thing but Mm -hmm. Jeremy will write in and correct us yes or just me (laughs) you don't need to be corrected (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) yes so yeah Bender very unhelpful in this entire episode maybe we should unpack that a little bit but Fry keeps being like help me like help me tell them that I'm a person and he's just like whatever it's fine here like he does nothing to help him at any point during this episode yeah I mean I guess it is like almost a vacation for Bender of somebody who's not particularly insane, just getting to like hang out in this mm-hmm. place where nothing that bad is happening to him. But Fry is being like actually tortured. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Fry meets everybody. Norm is a guy who's picking up transmissions from the CIA and his <laughs> teeth. And it's just like mm-hmm. broadcasting the cafeteria menu, which I thought was very funny. Yeah. My favorite detail here was that someone on the wiki said that if you look up the year 3003 and the date that it's supposed to be that'll be a monday and so like this is accurate that he's like broadcasting the menu on a monday uh, like, very deep research you know clicked like next year a million times on on your calendar wow. it's the year 3003 it's so funny also on the futurama wiki it says the robot norm who hears transmissions from the cia lunchroom is a reference to lucille ball who said that in yes. 1942 she heard morse code signals and lead fillings in her teeth which she reported to the fbi and led to the arrest of a japanese spy that is like how can that be true <laughs> <laughs> that's like a classic story. i remember learning that in i think it was chemistry class so like learning how lead can be like a radio transmitter in that way and like this classic story of lucille ball hearing hearing radio signals in her head from her teeth. Wow. And it was like real signals, evidently. I guess so. I mean, who who knows? Just a wild (laughs) coincidence. Yeah. (laughs) I think they also just like loved probably arresting Japanese people back then. Yeah, I was going to say, sounds like a convenient excuse to arrest (laughs) someone that like might be a communist. (laughs) Yes, exactly. All right. Excellent. So uh, there's also Lincoln. This was a favorite line (laughs) of mine and also Jeremy's where they're like, oh, let me guess. He thinks he's Lincoln. He's like, well, yeah, he's supposed to. But also he has multiple personalities. All of them Lincoln. He stands (laughs) up. He's like, I was born in 200 log cabins. And I remember that making me like cry laugh the first time. Yeah. I I mean, I I think it holds up. Still very funny. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like the uh, Hall of Presidents animatronic Lincoln. Very good. Yes, definitely still holds up. It doesn't have the same luster knowing it's coming. That's still very funny. And then Frankie is convinced he's a lunchroom worker. So they put him to work in the lunchroom. They're like, how's working in the lunchroom, Frankie? It's like, it's fine. It's, like, like, oh, it's great. Or Frankie. <laughs> 
there's also a Mad Hatter bot who keeps mm -hmm. being like, change places, which is something that I do whenever playing cards with my mom. I'll go like, change places. And she always <laughs> does it. And that is one of my favorite things. Wow. <laughs> Man, uh, who I'm I'm constantly shocked by the, like the number of Futurama references that are uh, actually in your life. Where I had seen all these episodes and zero of them had made it into my life. <laughs> I think that one I associate just with the Mad Hatter, just like the regular one, I as see. opposed to this one. But very good. So I was very tickled to see it here. Change places, and he does it a couple times, and Fry is just getting like completely knocked around in this yeah. cafeteria. Quick sidebar on yes. this podcast, robbing me of precious memories with family. My <laughs> my father and sister are texting me adorable photos and are calling me on FaceTime of my nephew, like setting up the Christmas tree for the oh first time. Oh my God. So uh. the, the sacrifices that I do to talk about insane in the mainframe. Oh my God. Precious uh. memories. Wow. You could be <laughs> experiencing that right now. Yeah. All right. We got a lot more years of that. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, we also have a lot more years of uh, Futurama podcasting. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> we're closing in on the end of season three. So yeah, we're getting there. Yes. All right. So where are we? All right. So Visitor's Day happens and Malfunctioning Eddie is being visited by the very like suave salesman who sold me the <laughs> Eagle car. That's right. Good call. Under Falcon Bird. Yeah. <laughs> he's making great strides. He's like exploding a little bit less every time or uh, not exploding when he gets a little excited. Mm -hmm. He does explode in this scene, however. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fry gets visited by everyone from the office. He's like shaking. He looks terrible. He's like, I would have starved to death if not for that sick vending machine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they say the governor doesn't want to appear soft for people with wrongful imprisonments. Yes. Very funny. A very good line. I think one of my funniest lines of the episode, apart from the ones that we've already discussed, I think because this one caught me off guard, was the professor's like, don't worry, Fry. I too once spent a nightmarish time in a robot asylum, yeah. but now it's almost over. Goodbye. <laughs> it just walks out. Yeah. And Fry's just like, help me. And like, no one is doing anything. It's very bad. <laughs> it is. Uh, I think one thing that I've come to appreciate is that the professor's sense of humor is like so consistent throughout all mm -hmm. of the series where it's like yes. all of these jokes are very much in, in character for the professor. Mm -hmm. Yes, agreed. So Fry gets told he's being released. He's very excited and he's like, oh, sweet justice. But it turns out it's actually his roommate, Malfunctioning Eddie, who is being released. And he's like, oh, my God, what a surprise. And he just has like a tiny little tiny baby explosion on his shoulder. Yeah. I love the animation of that baby explosion where it like looks like a, you know, tiny, tiny like nuclear cloud. blast essentially, <laughs> yeah. but it's like so small and mm -hmm. harmless. Yes. And uh, he says, look, I barely exploded at all. And the doctor says, yeah, we can control that with medication. <laughs> so his new roommate Fry's new roommate is Roberto who got busted for robbing that same bank again and he's like well the first time was just to rob it a little and this is the scene that I mentioned at the beginning where Fry is just so scared and shaking yeah. and can't speak and Roberto's just like what's the matter you scared and he's like, now stay noticeably back. I practice my stabbing <laughs> yeah noticeably yeah 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 this was the scene that I'd written down like really good animation uh, really good yeah, with the lighting that kind of like that I that I clocked where Fry's like a ray of light goes across Fry's eye and like he looks very haunted and scared mm -hmm. and disheveled. Yes, and this seems to be the thing that breaks Fry because we then cut to the entire crew is there to pick up Fry. He's cured. He no longer suffers from delusions of humanity. And he is insisting now that he is a robot and keeps beeping at everyone. And he like just looks right. fine now. He's not so pale and like he's clean shaven seemingly. 
right? They they discuss that he's no longer a robot, and Zoidberg says that, you know, his degrees don't make him a doctor or whatever. He says the fancy clothes make him a doctor. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is back at the office, and they're, like, trying to reason with him. And they're like, just because you think you're a robot doesn't make you one. Just because I think I'm a doctor doesn't make me one. It's the fancy clothes that do. <laughs> and then he says, I must be a robot. Why else would human women refuse to date me? And they're like, lots of reasons. Yeah. Yep. So back at the asylum, Bender is tuning the satellite guy's teeth to horse racing. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, would it be better to have something different after the, like, cafeteria menu? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess he's just a radio at this point. Like, at least he can provide entertainment for the other other inmates. Yes. So Roberto goes in and finds Bender. And Bender's like, hey, remember when I didn't tell on you? And Roberto's like, yes, now pretend to be dead because we are going to get out of here yeah just kind of plows through the walls here just like runs straight through multiple walls as they are yeah. eventually just like outside the asylum in the forest yeah he seemingly murders dr percepto along the way because he's <laughs> just like wearing his like torso <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought that might have been nurse nurse ratchet mm-hmm. but maybe it was dr perceptron i think so but I, I can't remember now that you yeah. say that yeah i think i don't know maybe you're right anyway it doesn't matter he kills and someone the- for sure <laughs> The kind of menacingly pushing this cart that Bender's on reminded me of mm-hmm. Homer with the shopping cart of, mm-hmm. I think it's a Treehouse of Horror episode where he's like, must kill Flanders. Wee! I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> yeah, but... right. I'd forgotten about that. He like jumps on it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'd forgotten that. All right. So yeah, as you mentioned, they just find themselves outside and they're like, oh, when are you thinking of escaping? He's like, I'm thinking a few seconds ago. So they run off and they end up back at the bank eventually. But before that, we have Fry back at the Planet Express office and he's like helping Hermes with calculations and <laughs> a good line here where he's like, I will assist ye. He's like, robots don't say ye. Like, I'll show ye. <laughs> yeah. I love Hermes calculator it has a carry the one button. Yes. Yes. And it was an anniversary gift from La Barbara. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. also fry is like throwing away leadless tools there's just like incinerators everywhere i think it's similar yeah. to the simpsons <laughs> when they keep throwing stuff in the fireplace like all the books just keep getting thrown <laughs> but yeah he's like oh i'm like i'm a tool robot actually i'll help you with this thing and uh yeah he's trying to figure out what his purpose is as a robot yes. um and so yes. he's trying to act as yeah various tools for leela yeah leela says you're not a tool bot you're not a food matron and you're not a robot of any kind and so she tries to like make it with fried and he just goes like beep. Yeah. Yes. So. They they are these two are getting, you know, much more romantic, much more like it definitely is a step up in terms of their their relationship. Yes, definitely. Um and Fry is like drinking a lot because he's a robot. And a funny line from Zoidberg where he says, by a scallops forelocks. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that. Yeah. Fry is Fry's drinking because he thinks he needs beer to you know, stay powered or whatever the whatever beer does for robots, but he's just yes. getting super drunk. Yes, alcohol fuels my power cells, and then he just falls right. over, and then it's like beep. Yes, so Roberto and Bender, as I mentioned, they end up back at this bank for the third time, <laughs> and yeah. Anyway, he basically says like, "Give me your remaining dough, all the calendars, and that pen, and try to tear it so most of the beads are on my end." <laughs> yeah, I love that. The uh, that's another like classic Simpsons uh, Futurama thing of um, them being obsessed with the beads on the mm-hmm. or the chain on the pens at, uh, at banks. <laughs> yes. But yeah, the cops are just like waiting for him and they're behind the glass. And they're like, don't try anything. This is laser proof glass. So he just like takes the glass and uses it as a shield. Mm-hmm. 
So Bender's like, don't worry, I know a place we can go to hide. And they run back to the office. And uh, that's when Roberto takes the entire crew hostage. Yeah, Zoidberg is very excited. Hooray, I'm helping. Uh, but Roberto doesn't really want him as a hostage. Do you have any better hostages? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so Leela offers to be killed first. And they're like, stop it. Like, yeah, pick a number between one and 10. And if you guess it, you die first. And yes. Bender's like a 56-ish. <laughs> Yeah, kind of like Russian roulette style, guess a number between one and 10. I, re- I remember being very disturbed the first time I heard about Russian roulette. It was uh, season three of 24. Jack Bauer gets sure. thrown in prison and has to play Russian roulette with the inmates to like escape or to gain their trust or whatever. And I remember as a child being like, oh my God, how diabolical and terrifying. Uh, really stuck with me. Uh, wow, powerful stuff. Were you ever a 24 person? Super not, but I actually just had this conversation with Cam because we were watching the West Wing and there is a kidnapping mm-hmm. sequence and then it's more focused on like, what's going on at the West Wing? And Cam was like, this seems like it fed right into people being like, I don't care about the bureaucracy. I want to see, like, <laughs> yeah. show me the kidnapping. <laughs> 24, a year or two ago, Laura and I, uh, we traded, we were just like looking for stuff to watch. I watched a couple of episodes of The OC with her and then she watched a couple of episodes of 24 with me. And 24 was like incredibly rewatchable. Like we were... Um, we got like eight, eight or 10 episodes in, but it was like bingeable. We're like, oh yeah, let's like throw on another episode. That was great. So I, I highly recommend going and watching 24. It's a ridiculous show. I definitely won't, but I will take it under advice. <laughs> <laughs> Things get desperate around here. All right. So Fry tries to jump in and he's like, halt fellow robot. And then he is just like super confident and is like, I'm going to kick your twisted metal ass or whatever. I, you got to watch one. You got to watch the pilot of 24 now and uh, and give your takes on it. Uh, <laughs> Report back. Yeah. <laughs> Turn this into a 24 podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just I was just thinking about, I was just thinking about 24 as we were talking, talking about Jack Bauer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, my God, Fry, don't do this. He's too powerful for you. And Fry says, silence, bossy meat creature. I now know what my primary function is. I am a battle droid sworn to protect the weak from crazy robots. Yes, Hermes, I got to imagine, says, don't be a hero. It's not covered in our health plan. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he says, no knife can penetrate my skintanium armor. <laughs> and it looks real dicey where Roberto goes and stabs Fry, seemingly in the heart, but then a bunch of oil comes out and it turns out he has like an oil can under his shirt. Yeah, very conveniently uh, placed. Yeah, unclear why. But... Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it is a bizarre moment. It's like treated like a reveal in the episode of like, oh no, Fry's just been stabbed, but wait a minute, he like reveals the oil can, but there was like no setup, no explanation of any yeah. of that. <laughs> Very unclear. So Roberto is like basically freaking out and it doesn't work and he's like, what's happening? And there's like a very awkward sort of, I don't know, probably poorly handled thing of him like struggling with memories of his mother and he's like, don't weld me to the wall, which is very dark. Throws his knife at Fry, it cuts his arm and then he throws himself out the window. I think I was in my... Uh episodic disassociate for 45 yeah. seconds during the final uh, yeah my my fugue stayed at the end of every episode i have no memory of that roberto flashback but yeah here we are yeah. well that's fine <laughs> so he throws himself <laughs> out the window seems to be very badly hurt but comes back eventually so i guess he doesn't die here but fry says it was nothing and then he realizes that he's bleeding from his arm and just immediately flips back to like i'm a human hooray yeah mm-hmm yeah, and Bender says, you've got the heart of a robot, even though you're wrapped in greasy skin, and reveals that he himself is, for some reason, carrying around a human heart. 
<laughs> yeah. And then the episode ends with more uh, Brian Lula stuff, right? Uh, yes. She kisses him on the cheek and he says, like, I'm going to continue never washing this cheek. Yes. Which I think I, I was reading on the wiki is a callback to she kisses him on the cheek in uh, an earlier season. And oh, I just like, assumed oh, it was like Fry's. Fry's filthy. filthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Who are the winners and losers of this episode? Not a lot of winners, I feel like. Bender comes out pretty clean. Bender just like kind of mm-hmm. hangs out the entire episode. I think that bank does very poorly. Bank is robbed <laughs> quite a bit. Roberto sort of dies. I think we have to say he's the loser. Maybe the judge is a winner for continuing to just like live in his privileged state of having like no consequences or, you know, just keeps being able to be him, which seems like an easy life for him. Yeah, seems good. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of losers, though. Fry, I think this is like probably a drama. (laughs) Yeah. Very traumatic episode for Fry. Roberto, yeah, very injured and captured at the end of the episode. Next week, Alex, is called Bendin' in the Wind. There's just like, all of these, are, how am I supposed to guess? Bob Dylan, maybe it's, okay, Bender joins a folksy band, right? Like, Bender is gonna be, you know, playing some music. This is, I'm, I'm gonna spoil this and say this is the closest you've ever been in your entire life, so. Wow, That was okay. a very good guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, incredible. Probably helped that I put that folk stuff in your head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Incredible. How can people get in touch with us if they would like to do so? So I want to note that our Twitter account at Pod of Tomorrow being completely overrun by bots, a daily occurrence now, a scantily clad female profile adds us likes one of our previous tweets it's happened like <laughs> six days in a row now so <laughs> come come fight off the bots uh, there's probably a way for me to like ban them or get rid of them uh but we really use that that twitter account for absolutely nothing so uh, <laughs> maybe it's time to just like in a show of like we don't support twitter anymore we just delete our twitter <laughs> account <laughs> yeah um all right so yeah the most pointless uh, boycott is, ever because we never use it this anyway. is yeah this <laughs> this account that is completely inactive leaving twitter this will be a real 24 moment we'll put this like on the clock yeah you have listeners of the podcast you have one week to follow our twitter account otherwise it will <laughs> explode and be deleted forever there you um, go like please stand back from exploding basket yeah exactly <laughs> um all right that's fun and then you can always get get in touch with us at tomorrow at gmail.com right and you can hear more from me over on Posha recaps this week i talked about the second episode of the first part of season six of the crown the two photographs episode so that was very fun you can check that out How over was it? there good but i feel yeah. like they were like let's keep diana in the show as long as we can yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. what if they just like went alternate history in the, in the <laughs> final season of the show they're like she's just fine forever yeah <laughs> nothing bad happened yeah All right, great. So we will see you next time for Bendin' in the Wind. Bye.